Not everybody can do multifamily syndication. Multifamily syndication is raising money from investors and buying apartment communities and sharing in the profits. People who cannot do it are people who do not have a successful track record in business or do not have a successful track record in real estate. You can do it if you have one of those two. Best ever listeners, wouldn't it be nice to have a $2 million pre-approval line of credit? Ah, just think about that. Isn't that nice? Wouldn't that be nice? How would that help you get more deals done? Because when you submit a pre-approval line of credit with your offer on a fix and flip house, do you think it's going to stand out more? I think so. And our friends at Fund That Flip, you know Fund That Flip, Matt Rodak, he's been on the show before many times. He's a friend of mine. He's also the owner of Fund That Flip and their sponsor of today's episode. What they're doing is they're giving a $2 million pre-approval line of credit up to $2 million pre-approval line of credit for qualified buyers. And my gosh, in this competitive buying market, sellers prefer to sell to buyers who have a high likelihood of closing, right? Makes sense. Well, use this pre-approval line of credit from Fund That Flip and that will signal to the seller that you're the real deal and you'll be able to close quickly. It's free. All you got to do is go to fundthatflip.com. You've got to qualify that you have prior experience and there's a process, but it's free and you need to go to fundthatflip.com to get the pre-approval line of credit because this is a way that's going to help your short-term rehab loan happen because you're going to get the deal for the property where you need the short-term rehab loan. Go to fundthatflip.com and get that pre-approval line of credit for up to $2 million. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. Today's Friday. You made it. Happy Friday. I hope you're having the best ever week. And boy, it's nice to get back and do one of these follow-along Fridays I haven't done them in the last two weeks because, well, I've been running around. Let's see. Uh, I went to Mexico with Colleen, my girlfriend, and we did all sorts of like scuba diving and snorkeling and fun stuff like that, running a Jeep in Cozumel and drove around the island. And then also, more importantly and more relevant to you, closed on a 320-unit deal and that is going really well. I mean, so far, it's only been, it's only been about a week, but I anticipate that it's going to continue to go well. Specifically, why I said it's going really well is because I was down there oh, two days after we closed on the property, and it was a Saturday. There were tree trimmers moving around. We had like caution tape all throughout a bunch of trees on the property because we're trimming the trees, and there were trailers with granite countertops and supplies where we're already doing the renovations on vacant units. And there's not a whole lot of them. We bought it. It was 97.13% occupied. So not a lot of vacants, but we're already getting started on those renovations. Today, because it's Follow Along Friday, I thought it'd be appropriate to talk about how to get to do the large deals. Because I, I get a lot of questions about how do you go from single family homes to larger apartment buildings like you did. And this is a conversation that if it was one-on-one, we could have for seven days straight. 
because there's a whole lot that's involved. But I also think that Tony Robbins says something like complexity is the enemy of execution or I butchered the quote, but that's the gist of it. And I agree. I wouldn't be doing my job as a podcaster, as someone whose podcast you listen to, if I wasn't able to simplify things because it's important to understand the concepts in order to get into the stuff. And then when you get into it, then you get into the weeds and the execution of it and all the details. So what I've done is I wrote a blog post on my blog and I also wrote it on bigger pockets and sent it out to my email database. And a lot of people I've have given me a lot of good feedback. No one's given me any negative feedback on it yet. I suspect that will happen. Usually I get one or two, but I've got a lot of good feedback and what I want to do on this episode is to talk through the six creative ways to break into the multifamily syndication business. So regardless of your background, I'm going to give you six different ways to break into the multifamily syndication business. And you know what? I'm going to correct myself, not regardless of your background, because not everybody can do this. Don't get me wrong. Not everybody can do multifamily syndication. Multifamily syndication is raising money from investors and buying apartment communities and sharing in the profits. Not everyone can do that. People who cannot do it are people who do not have a successful track record in business or do not have a successful track record in real estate. You can do it if you have one of those two. But if you don't have either one of them, then you're not going to be able to do this. You need to have a successful track record. My profession was advertising and not a lot of people would think that's relevant to real estate in it is and it isn't. I mean, as real estate investors, quite frankly, we're marketers. So advertising is actually incredibly relevant. However, from an apples to apples standpoint, it'd be much more applicable to have a background as a broker. And then I evolved into a, a syndicator. But most people, I suspect, who are listening have a track record of success in business or real estate. And perhaps when I say that, you think, well, I don't know. Well, you might be being too hard on yourself because there's a lot of things that you might not be proud of or uh, think that it stands out that actually you should be proud of and it does stand out. So if you do qualify on having successful business or track record in real estate, then here's six ways you can break into the industry. Number one, find an off-market deal. By the way, if you want to read this blog post, then you can just go to joefairless.com, click on blog on the website, and well, you'll see it. It's titled Six Creative Ways to Break Into Multifamily Syndication. Finding off-market deals. If you find an off-market deal, then you can bring that to someone like myself and you can say, hey, Joe, I've got an off-market deal. I want to get into the business. You want to take a look at it, sign this NDA or non-compete, sign whatever you want me to sign that says I can't go buy it behind your back. And you want to look at this and if you like it, then I'd love to, instead of taking a fee, I'd love to be in on the deal. Why you'd want to say that, and I don't know if I would agree to it, but why you'd want to say that is because 
ultimately your real estate experience, your wealth building in real estate will happen as you gain ownership, as you start controlling deals, not being someone who is typically a wholesaler and they get a fee per transaction. You don't want that. That's not a long-term sustainable profession. What you want to do if you're a wholesaler now, you might be thinking, what do you mean it's not long-term sustainable? Well, what you want to do is you want to take those profits and invest it in properties that are long-term buy and holds or you're getting uh, medium-term buy and holds and then you're trading up into something larger. So if you come to me and you say, hey, I've got this deal, try and get in to the general partnership in place of getting a fee. And in order to do that, one, you'd have to have really good rapport with whoever you're reaching out to, me or whoever else, whoever else. I mean, there's a lot of people who do multifamily syndication because on the general partnership side, it's really important that we have good working relationships. We all get along. We like each other and we know each other well. It's highly unlikely that I would say, yeah, come to the general partnership side, but someone else might. That's why I want to mention it. But it's more likely that I'll say, you know, I'll give you a fee for this deal and then let's get to know each other more. And then on the next deal that you send me and we close on, we'll bring you in on the general partnership side. So that's one way of getting into multifamily syndication if you are a wholesaler now. That's a perfect transition. I just bridged your gap from being a wholesaler to getting into large apartments. Now, what I didn't mention, which I should have, is that it's very difficult, very difficult to get off-market apartment communities. It's possible. I've interviewed plenty of guests on the show who have talked about getting off-market apartment deals. And if you want proof, then just go to my website and click on the best ever show and click multifamily on the drop-down menu of what do you want to learn? And you'll come across interviews of people who are doing off-market deals, but it's really tough. And how to get those off-market deals, that's a separate episode. Although I do have a guide, 24 ways to get off-market apartment deals. It's the opt-in to my website. If you're already opt-in to my website and you haven't got that because I recently updated my opt-in to that, then email info, info at joefairless.com and will send you that guide to get off-market deals. So it's hard, but it's possible. And that's one way to get into larger syndications. Number two, conservatively underwrite deals. If you're really good at numbers, if you're a numbers guy or gal, and you know how to evaluate apartments, and you know not only how to underwrite, but how to underwrite based on the market, and what type of renovations and improvements need to take place in particular properties in order to increase the value, then you can exchange your services for underwriting deals for being in on deals that you underwrite. Here's a specific example. Right now, my business partner and I get a bunch of deals sent our way from people who have off-market deals, people who have on-market deals. Well, I guess that's only two categories, but we get a lot of deals. And we had so many that we had to develop a system so that we weren't going crazy just underwriting all day long. 
what we did is we brought on a couple MBA students at UCLA because my business partner has his MBA from UCLA and we pay them $10,000 on every deal that we close that they underwrite. That's a, a fee base, but there's potential as my company grows for them to be in on the deals with us. So as someone who wants to get into numbers and just run numbers on deals, if you're that person, then reach out to someone who's doing syndications and tell him or her, hey, I like running the numbers. I know it. Here's a couple examples of my underwriting and like to talk you through my process. Here's how I was taught. Here's who taught me. And here are some sample deals that I've, I've underwritten. I'd love for you to take a look. If you approach it that way and they currently have a lot of deal flow, they're going to love talking to you. And in fact, there was a guest on my show who was 20 years old and he did that exact same thing. He was a junior in college, 20 years old. He reached out to someone who was doing syndications and he said, I'd like to do syndications and I'll help you underwrite. I'll help you assess if they're good deals or not. And he did it. They closed on a $2.3 million deal. Lo and behold, he's now a general partner in the deal. That episode is episode 401. It's titled 20 year old puts together a $2.3 million deal. So it's possible. The junior in college is doing it. 20 years old, underwriting deals for someone who's more experienced and getting in the deal. So that's number two. If you want to get into larger stuff, then that's another way. Number three, this is very specific, so I won't spend a lot of time on it. Negotiate terms and get all the legal documents in order for syndication. If you're not a lawyer, then this does not apply to you unless you want to become a lawyer because that's lawyer stuff. If you are a lawyer, especially if you are a securities attorney, then that's even better. And you're not in deals and you want to get in deals, well, you should identify a group that is medium size. They're not small, but they are not the large company. The reason why they need to be medium is because they don't have an in-house counsel yet. You could be their in-house counsel. And as a result of being the in-house counsel, instead of getting fully compensated on salary, you get some compensation and get in on deals that way. So that's number three. Number four, this is probably the most common way. And this is how I work with a lot of my personal clients. In fact, I had one of my clients who was on the general partnership side with me on the 320 units that we closed most recently. He raised a million bucks. He's in on the general partnership side and boom, now he's off and running, that's for sure, on his multifamily business. It's where you raise money for a deal and that's it. You, you raise money for the deal and you're on the general partnership side. Now, here's a big old disclaimer or cautionary sign and that is if you are raising money for a deal, you must be on the general partnership side or you must have a securities license. If you are not on the general partnership side, if you do not have a securities license and you're raising money for a deal, it's illegal. You can't do it. So make sure that if you're raising money for a deal, 
that you are part of the general partnership. Now there's a limited partnership and a general partnership. That's usually how it's structured. Be on the general partnership and you're fine. Again, I, I probably have to say this isn't legal advice, so I'll say it. This is not legal advice. Go consult your attorney, but that's the general uh, parameter for it. So if you do have access to capital through your network, then you could go to someone like myself or others and say, hey, I've got access to capital. I would like to get in on the business. Let's have a discussion on what that would look like. And that person, I might say, or that person might say, I'm good. I appreciate it, though. Um, they might say, okay, sure, let's talk. Let's get to know each other. They might say, I've got a deal, and I was actually in a crunch right now. Tell me more. You don't know. But that's one very common way of getting in on the business. And like I said, I bring in my clients. They must be my clients in order to do this with me. And if they are, then I give my clients access to raise money and get it on the general partnership side. It's a really good opportunity for them. Number five, securing debt financing. Similar to number three, this is very specific. You have to be a mortgage broker to secure financing. And by the way, on number three and number five, usually it doesn't make sense from the syndicator standpoint to bring on that person as a general partner because it makes more sense to simply pay their fee. For the attorney, it makes more sense usually to pay the fee to the attorney rather than bring them in on a general partnership side unless they're doing a lot of deals. On the mortgage broker side, same thing. Unless you're doing a lot of deals, it probably makes more sense to just have the fee paid. However, I've seen partnerships where they have a mortgage broker on the partnership side and they're able to secure some better financing as a result of that. And they're in on the deals as a general, general partner. And lastly, number six, do property management. If you're a property manager, then you have a very good opportunity to get in on these deals. You can work with aspiring local investors who want to do deals but they don't have the track record and they can't get approved for mortgages because of that. You can partner with them if you have that experience and get in on the deal. Or you could work with an experience group and tell them you'll exchange your fees for getting in on the deal to manage their properties. You'll have less leverage than the first scenario, but it still provides a lot of value. You could do a combination of those where you still get your property management fees, but you are in on the deal because you're giving your track record to get better financing terms, or maybe you raise money and you get more equity in the deal proportionate to the amount you raise, all sorts of different ways. Being a property manager, if you're not in on deals, it's because you're choosing not to be resourceful and you're choosing not to be on the deals. There's a lot of different ways that you can partner with multifamily syndicators to be on the general partnership side. And then you won't be a vendor anymore, but rather you'll be a business owner and you'll be getting the, the big upside on these properties that you're seeing a lot of your clients get right now. A couple other ways if you're a mortgage broker, I know I said six, but I'll give you uh, two more. So seven and eight. Seven is if you're a mortgage broker, then you can put your commission into the deal and then be on the general partnership side. That's how I did my first deal. I had the brokers, the 168 units, I had brokers put in $317,500 and they got 25% ownership of the deal 
and they were happy because they got the upside. I was happy because not only did I have to bring less to the table, I was down payment to get in on it, but also it helped me with a talking point to my investors to show there was alignment of interest that the brokers themselves wanted to reinvest their commission into the deal. And then the other way that I can think of is if you have experience in multifamily, but don't want the headaches of actually finding the deals and doing the asset management or finding the deals, then you can do the asset management. And that's what one gentleman does. I interviewed him on episode 140 and it's titled, How Much Do Multifamily Asset Managers Get Paid? If you listen to that, you'll, you'll hear all about it. And he can get in on the deals too, just simply doing the asset management, so managing the property manager. So there's six plus two bonus ways of getting in on deals, or you could just do it the traditional way. That's fine too. And that's where you raise the money, you find the property, you get the financing, you manage the property management company. And quite frankly, that's the way that you're going to make the most money because you have the most control over it. But sometimes you need to get in in one of these ways and start building your track record and that allows you to really get some momentum and gain credibility with lenders, with investors and brokers, all the major players. And then you do your own deal where you raise the money and, and you're, you're the only general partner. So there's six plus two bonus ways of getting in deals. I hope this was beneficial for you and I hope you have a best ever weekend. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Best ever listeners, Matt Bowles who was a guest on episode 289. His company, Maverick Investor Group, has a special report just for you on how to avoid the seven biggest mistakes in real estate that investors make in the 2016 boom cycle. Get yours free at maverickinvestorgroup.com forward slash best ever. That's M-A-V-E-R-I-C-K investorgroup.com forward slash best ever.